0: All right, what a beautiful evening this is, isn't it? So nice. It's been hot, but now it's like a comfortable breeze. Good looking people, beautiful beach, nice worship, and uh, the Holy Bible. So if you have a Bible, you can turn to the Gospel of John. And we're just going to study through the Gospel of John. Why not? Why not? If you're new joining us today, we just finished last week the book of Colossians. What we do at West Church is we study verse by verse through books of the Bible. And so we studied through Colossians and now we're going to study through John on Thursday nights at the beach if it's not raining. And thankfully this is, our, this is, our, this is a streak two weeks in a row we've been able to meet so that's awesome. The Lord's favor on us. Um, as Michael was sharing, you know that you kind of sense God starting a work, and then you're in the middle of it, and you wonder, are we ever going to get to the end of this? And a lot of us, you know, are are kind of in that season of life in general. And of course, with the church, like looking for a building, and when are we going to, when are we going to, pe- when are we going to become a real church, not just a group of people on the beach? Although it's interesting in the New Testament, the real churches met in people's homes and different random places. Wherever two or three are gathered together, there I am in the midst of you, Jesus said. But we're looking forward to the time when we can kind of really get down roots and get a a building to meet in on more than just Thursday nights at the beach. We'll keep doing this, but you know, you get in those seasons of life where you feel like God started something for sure. Is it ever going to be finished? Is it ever going to be ready? You know, a lot of us are in different, you know, that can apply to us. We have a, we just, we bought a home nearby and we had to do some renovations before we move in and those are, we're doing them, but they're not all done and we're moving in next week. So, and that's not a plea for you guys to help us move in, <laughs> That is. <laughs> but if the Lord leads your, your heart, we'll amen. Yeah. <laughs> There will be pizza provided. No. <laughs> but we're kind of, you know, you're in the, if you're in the middle of something, that process for us, the church, different things for different people. And the amazing thing about the Lord is we've kind of got this, uh, I don't know, there's like this mentality out there in the church world even that says, you know, if you belong to God, if you love Jesus your life is just gonna be perfect all the time you're always gonna be happy you're always gonna be healthy you're always gonna things are always gonna be hundred percent and for those of us who have been Christians for any length of time we know that's not always the case <laughs> in fact the Apostle Paul in the scripture he said um, you know whenever there's the principle is this whenever there's good things happening at the same time there will be difficult things that will come in and usually they go hand in hand Whenever something really good is happening, sometimes on the opposite side, something very difficult comes in. And the Apostle Paul said that about his own life, he said, A great and effective door has been opened up to me. He's talking about his ministry. An amazing opportunity, in other words, has opened to me. And the Bible says, he said after that, he said, And there are many adversaries. Isn't that interesting? He recognized an effective door open from the Lord because of the opposition and the adversaries that he experienced. So it's not strange. Do not, brothers and sisters, do not consider it some strange thing when you face fiery trials of many types, knowing that the testing of your faith produces perseverance and patience, etc. It's not, it's not odd. It's not different. It's not weird. In fact, if you're not, if you don't have any difficulties in the good times of life, or when you feel like God's doing something, you gotta question yourself: Is this really the Lord? because often they go hand in hand. In this world, Jesus said, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, take heart, for I have overcome the world. There's the difference between us and the rest of the world. We all go through trials and trouble, but for us, we have victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. So that wasn't even part of my sermon today. That's just a freebie. (laughs) That's the introduction to John. John chapter (laughs) 1. No, I just feel like there are different seasons. And, you know, a lot of us, and talking to different people, there's changes happening. And sometimes you wonder, what's going on? Well, what's going on is God's in charge. And he's doing a work. And even if there's difficulties, that's to be expected. And just rejoice in the midst of it, if possible, by the Holy Spirit. John chapter 1. The Gospel of John is... um, There's four Gospels, and I I think probably you all know this, but I'm just going to say it. There's four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Three of the Gospels are pretty similar in the way that they're laid out and written. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they're called the Synoptic Gospels, and what they do is they basically tell the story of Jesus, what he did and what he taught. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Quite similar. You notice John's a little bit different if you've read all four of them. John is different because John, if the, if the other three, you can think of it like this. Matthew, Mark, and Luke tell the story of what Jesus did and what Jesus taught. But John tells the story of who Jesus is. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. What Jesus did and what Jesus taught, John, is more about who Jesus is. And of course, they're all, they all have those elements in them. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John do all have those things in them. But John is unique. because And that's why a lot of times you recommend to a new Christian or someone who's interested in Christianity, if you recommend one book of the Bible, I would suggest the Gospel of John. Because Christianity is about Jesus, and John, more than any other book, tells about who Jesus is. It tells about what he did and what he taught, too. But what's most important in our faith is who is Jesus. And that's what John does so well. That's why, you know, if you pick a gospel, which one do you pick? I like Matthew. I like Mark, too. I also like Luke. (laughs) But I like John as well. (laughs) So let's go. The gospel according to John Gospel means good news. And this is the good news about who Jesus is. And we'll see a couple of things in our opening um, passage here. We'll go a little bit quicker than Colossians because Colossians was a little shorter. It was more of a condensed, had a lot per verse. The Gospels tend to be a little bit longer, but they have more of a flow of story. So we'll go a little bit faster on Thursdays than the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. That's kind of a confusing verse, but verse 3 just simply means, if anything was created, Jesus created it. That's actually a direct contradiction to many cults and other religions that say Jesus himself was a created being or an angel or something like that. No, if anything was created, he did it. He is the uncreated creator. Verse 4. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And there was a man sent from God whose name was John. Now, on verse 6, it gets a little confusing because this is the gospel according to John. But when it says there was a man sent from God whose name was John, it's not the same John, different John. This is John the Baptist that it's talking about in verse 6. In verse 7, This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world. This is talking about Jesus now. Some of you are, uh, I just said that after verse 10. I said he was in the world. And I said that's talking about Jesus. But some of you are like, wait, we never read the name Jesus yet. How do you know? In the beginning was the Word. Guess what another title for Jesus is? The Word. That's referring to Christ. And he was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, but his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word, remember verse 1? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14 says, And the Word, same that's talking about in verse 1, became flesh and dwelt among us. That's powerful. Why? Because if it says the Word was God... Verse 14 says, the word became flesh. What does that mean? It means God became flesh, a human being. That's crazy. Well, it's not crazy in that sense, but when you think about it, it's like, it's like wow. How about that? And he dwelt among us. We beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, he comes He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. John the Baptist testifying of Jesus. Read Matthew, Mark, and Luke for that actual encounter where John says those things. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. That's 18 verses. In those 18 verses, there are really, probably more, but I've noted eight things that it says, "Who is Jesus? So that, remember, John, the Gospel of John is about who Jesus is. Number one, Jesus is the word. The word. When you think of a word, what do you think of? You think of someone speaking something. right? The voice of someone. You're listening to my words. When it comes to God, the Word of God is much powerful than our human words or our communication as human beings. In fact, in the beginning, if you go to the beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, what does it say? Look, I'll just turn there. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it goes down, the Spirit of the God was hovering on the face of the waters, And then God, verse 3, God said, let there be light, and there was light. The power of the Word of God. And it's talking about God's Son, Jesus, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Listen, we're on the beach tonight. We're having a nice evening. It's going to take a pretty in-depth theological discussion For hours and days and months and years that we could discuss John chapter 1 verse 1. In particular, the Word, we know as Jesus, being with God and at the same time the Word, Jesus, being God. And the mystery of this uh, theological study that we're not going to get into tonight, the word for it is called the Trinity. You've heard the word Trinity before. And I'm just going to simplify what that means. I'm not going to try to explain it because I cannot. I'm just going to tell you what the Bible says about the nature of God. That we worship and serve one God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one God. We're not polytheists. A polytheist worships many gods. We worship one God. But in that one God, there are three persons. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So when it says the Word was with God and the Word was God... It's talking about the nature of the Trinity, the Son with the Father and the Holy Spirit, with God, yet the Son himself, God. And that's why in verse 14 when it says, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld His glory. And again in verse 18 where it says, no one has seen God in all His full glory at any time, but Jesus, the Son of God, has declared Him to us. And that's why many, many times Jesus... uh, Proclaimed about himself, the word is deity. That means he he let people know that he was God standing in front of them. In fact, at one point, his own disciples said, just show us the Father and it's good enough for us. It was Philip. And do you know what Jesus said to him? Philip, how long have I been with you? He who has seen me has seen the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen God. And Jesus said that about himself. And that's why they put him to death. They crucified him. For many good uh, deeds I have done, which one are you going to crucify me? And they said, For none of none of these good deeds, but you, being a man, make yourself God. That's what they said to him, to Jesus. And that's this is what we're studying about here in John chapter one verse one. But let's move on. So number one, the Word, and number two, he claimed to be God. We already talked about that. Number one, the Word. In the beginning was the Word. Number two, he was God. Number three. He is the creator. All things were made through him. Without him, nothing was made that was made. And that's in verses 3 and in verse 10. The world was made through him, it says in verse 10. Number four, he is the life. Verse four, in him was life. In him was life. You know what people are looking for today? Life. Whatever they may say they want. Peace, joy, happiness, success. All these things people are looking are desperately looking for all those words can be summarized in this one word life I have come that they may have life and that more abundantly guys Christians are living the fullest life of any people in the world the most fulfilling you may say my life doesn't feel very fulfilling right now (laughs) there's difficulties or whatever there is but deep down if you know Jesus Christ you have a peace that surpasses understanding There's something about a relationship with God through Jesus that provides peace even in the midst of a storm and hope for the future and a life that um, has purpose. In Him was life. Number five, life was the light of men. Light. Light, verses five to verse nine. The light shines in the darkness. This man came to bear witness of the light. What does the dark world need? You know, we have a lot of answers for that. What does the world need? The world's got problems. So first of all, we, we generally start by complaining. I'm just speaking for myself. Okay, what, the world is messed up. There's so many problems. This and that. Eh, COVID. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of problems. And there's a lot of solutions to a lot of different problems in a practical level. I don't want to oversimplify things. But the reality is this. If the world is dark, and the darker the world gets, the one thing it needs more than anything else is light. You walk into a dark room, you need to find something or see where you're going, turn on the light, it's a lot better. The world, in the way it is, needs light, and the light source comes from Jesus Christ. And that's why we who are in the world are in a lot of darkness, who have embraced the light of Christ, we illuminate, we shine the light. Isn't that what Jesus said about us? Well, actually, he said a couple things. Number one, he said, I am the light of the world. John chapter 8. We'll get there one day. But he also said, you are the light of the world. How can that be? Remember I said Jesus is the source of light? Someone, I think it was in Bible college or something, they, the guy explained it to me pretty good. I remembered it, so it must have been a pretty good explanation. It was like in a class where I was sleeping and then I woke up and I heard it. I was like, oh, that's a pretty good explanation, back to sleep. He said, uh, you know, it's, you think of like the sun. What is the physical source of light for our world? It's the sun. But at night, when the sun isn't shining, there is also another source of light. That's the moon. But the moon is not the origin of the light. It's the, reflect, the reflection of the sun, right? So he said, if you're the light of the world, it's like the moon reflecting the light of the sun. And that made sense to me. And you know what else he said? And this convicted me. He said, when does the moon not reflect the light of the sun? When is it? It's when the world Gets in the way, right? It can't reflect. Like, oh, you like that, huh? Oh, that'll preach. Oh, just give me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> in the world, <laughs> it gets there in you the know. way. <laughs> and, you, and he made it. He was then he preached. He was, and then he said, I can't remember the rest. I was asleep. But he, you no, know, you know, he said, uh, you know, you let world the things of the world in your life. You, your light. You're just like a crescent moon. You know what I mean? You still. But when there's a full moon, it's almost like daytime sometimes, especially with a white sandy beach like this. Anyway, you get it. He is the light of the world. Number six, he is salvation. Verse 10 to verse 13. He came to the world. The world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. It's talking about the nation of Israel. Jesus was a Jewish man. He came from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, and all the... No, through the lineage. And that was the purpose. Salvation for the Jew first and also then for the Gentile. And you know the story. We'll we'll go through the gospel and see. But he came to bring salvation. And that salvation particularly is talking about... It doesn't say salvation in verse um, 10 to 13. It says this, verse 12. As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. And they're not born according to the flesh or of blood, but the will of God. You know what that, that says? And here's, a, here's something that I think would be good for us to get our mind around. Jesus isn't just handing out tickets to heaven. It's, that's not Christianity. It's not like we're going around saying, hey, do you want a free ticket to heaven so you can not go to hell and go to heaven when you die? No, that's true. We get into heaven and avoid hell when we die. But salvation is much more, in fact, the heart of salvation is a relationship with God. Knowing Jesus, and not only knowing Him, but becoming part of His family. Isn't that what it says right at the beginning of the Gospel of John? Those who believe in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. And that means we become part of His family. We become adopted into His family. Whose family? God's. pretty good pretty good so salvation and that salvation is found in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ not only not just a friend relationship but a family relationship that's what we're talking about and they're born when he's, later in John chapter 3 we'll talk about born again and that's that's for another day but this kind of hints at it who are born so the way we become part of his family is by being born again. And I'll talk about that in John chapter 3. Salvation. But what else is Jesus? He's the Word. He's God. He's the Creator. He's life. He's light. He's salvation. But number 7 in verse 14, Jesus is a man or became a man. This is very important too because I think we're pretty good as Christians about the deity of Christ. If someone says... Is Jesus God? We're, we're like, yeah, 100%. He is. The deity of Christ. That's a big one. Guess what else is also a big one? The humanity of Christ. Jesus didn't float around, you know, like a spirit. That's what they actually taught back in their day. He wasn't some... <laughs> it's okay. Hi. She liked that that point he wasn't some uh, superhero I mean we'd say he's a superhero (laughs) I'm laughing because I'm thinking of that shirt about the superheroes and they're all bowing down to Jesus (laughs) he wasn't he what I'm trying to say is this Jesus was a human being just like you and me he was also God not not like you and me (laughs) We're not God. But here's a crazy thing or a hard thing to understand. Let's put it that way. Impossible, I would say, but taught in the Bible. That Jesus, he's not, now listen to this. This is theology. He's not half God and half man. You know, like when he became a man, he kind of left half God and then he just, he adds on, so now he's half and half. The Bible teaches that he's all God and all man, 100% God 100% man how does that work I'm not qualified to answer that question but that is the answer that means he can fully comprehend and understand what's going on as we live our lives because he lived a life just like we lived with the same uh, hunger thirst tiredness stress, problems with friends, uh, lack of money, whatever whatever it is, you name it, Jesus went through it so that the book of Hebrews says, in all things, he's able to sympathize with our weaknesses because he became a man. In fact, if he wasn't fully a man, he could not die for the sins of man. Anyway, that's getting too in-depth. Verse 14, the word became flesh. He dwelt among us very important because we don't want to we don't want to forget the humanity of Jesus and the struggles he had and the life that he lived it's really important for understanding and knowing him he's not just a light in the sky kind of up there but he's a he's a human being that when he returns we're gonna see him like you see me like I see you We're going to see Jesus, a human being. (laughs) Did you know that? Although in a very glorified body, as we will also have. So that's for another day, another study. And then number eight, finally, grace. Who is Jesus? We can summarize by that one word, grace. And it says it there, it says it over and over and over again, especially in the Gospel of John. He was full, verse 14, of grace, grace. And truth. In verse 16, of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. When they said, we've seen Jesus, we've experienced Jesus, we have embraced and understood Jesus, of his fullness we have received, this is how they described him grace upon grace. What is Jesus' attitude toward us? It's love, it's grace, it's extending mercy, and forgiveness, no matter what. And that's a wonderful thing, I think, to end on tonight. Grace upon grace. When one layer of grace stops, the other layer just gets started. That's how gracious and good God is toward us. Through Jesus, only because of Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much. For another night on the beach, beautiful weather, Lord, we thank you. We were scared it was going to get rained out, but we thank you that we were able to be here tonight. And I thank you for all those who are here. And I pray that we would all embrace the grace that you have come to give. And we just thank you for you. And I pray as we study John, we would just get to know you better. No matter how many times I study John, I feel like I learn more and more. And I pray that we would do that as we gather on Thursday nights. In Jesus' name, amen.